You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So, Roger, I'm really, really pleased about today's selection because this is very, very different to what we've done so far. To begin with, this is a very recent movie indeed for the UK market. It's only been online for about a month or two, uh, I would say, Roger. It's also a very different style of filmmaking. And frankly, what is lovely for you and I is because of its recency and because of the format, there's a lot to say about the marketing element. Mm. But to begin mm. with, you saw Nomadland, movie directed by Chloe Zhao, featuring Frances McDormand, very recently. What did you make of it? Very recently indeed, Pascal. It was last night, actually, <laughs> as we re record this. Now, you know, we, we've talked about and um, the fact that you and I are science fiction and fantasy geeks through and through. So the general thrust of the films that come on this show are things like Back to the Future and the Star Wars films and um, Triangle and Lord of the Rings, all of the, the blockbusters that you would expect science fiction geeks to like. And we've talked about things like Mamma Mia as well and the Bond films. And this is genuinely, totally and utterly different than pretty much anything that we've talked about on the show before. And, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I struggle actually to describe it. I, the, th the first thing to say is I enjoyed it. The two hours went by pretty quickly, uh, but there's not really much of a plot. Um, you know, Nomadland describes it as basically a, a 60-ish year, um, year old lady whose husband's dead driving around America in a converted van, and that's how she lives. She's a nomad. Uh, and and the film sort of feels very very sort of it's like a loose collection of of things that happened to this person stuck together in a film, uh, and therefore it feels quite nomad nomadic in the way that they've put it together. At times, it almost felt more like a documentary, even though it wasn't shot like a documentary. It felt a bit like a documentary. Um, I also found parts of it incredibly uplifting. Uh, you know, here was somebody who was just, just exploring America and the big wide open spaces and some of the cinematography is incredible. But then, you know, within five minutes, it could be extremely melancholy as well and, and almost downright depressing, you know, how hard it is for somebody like this to survive effectively in a van that has seen better days and, and, and at one point actually breaks down and... Uh, cost quite a lot of money to be fixed mm. um amazing performance by francis mcdermott as you would expect um and yeah i mean it, it, i i really enjoyed it um but don't go into it expecting a story don't go in, in, in into it expecting a resolution because there isn't one it, it's just a film that happens uh, some nice things happen, some not so nice things happen, and, and then it comes to an end. But overall, 
Uh, I enjoyed it. And looking at Rotten Tomatoes or Rotten Tomatoes, as they call it, I think 98% of people would agree that it is a great film. So, yeah. What is interesting is, is back to what you were saying, th there is a very strong start to the film. The exposition or the setup, whichever term you, you favor, is all about this character called Fern, who mm. in pretty much, we're not sure, but probably swiftly loses her husband to cancer because they couldn't afford treatment, loses mm. her job because the whole town that they, where they lived is shutting down or has shut down, and loses her house. I mean, the three most dramatic things that could happen to a human being. And she has no other option but to essentially reclaim or stick to the van and drive around and discover a world of kindness and compassion with others like her who are not homeless they're just houseless which is a lovely expression i have yes. a slight advantage because i saw it about a month ago but i will say have been thinking about this movie a lot which i think yeah, is also a sign of you know its quality because you're right it's not really using you know the three act structure with you know the setup the conflict and and the resolution it's just exploring a uh, part of america that is not known to us but also sending a, a message about what happens when things don't go so well now this is taking place in 2011 it is following the major economic crisis that faced most of the world but also of course the us but there is a parallel of course roger in terms of its t the, the release uh, during lockdown and the impact to people's frankly uh, livelihood with regard to the covid about losing jobs and everything that's come come after that yeah and one thing that did make me laugh is the tagline for the film is see you down the road now um i watch quite a few travel vloggers on youtube as you would expect uh -huh. there's, there's there's been a few uh the endless adventure which is a couple called eric and allison there's also another couple called cara and nate um, and then there's another one called Lost LeBlanc, and and they they have millions of of, of um, subscribers, and they've spent many many years traveling around the world, flying to exotic locations. And what they've done over the last eighteen months during the lockdown is they've all bought sprinter vans in America, and they've converted those sprinter vans into mobile homes. And this was a really stark contrast for me because, uh, well, on, on the one hand, um, Eric and Alison in The um, in Endless Adventure, every single episode that they do, they always end, end the episode with her saying, good night, adventurers, and he says, we'll see you down the road. So that made me laugh when I saw the strap line for this. But the real point is that, you know, these are YouTubers. They, they, I, I, I don't know what their personal circumstances are, but I imagine they earn quite a lot of money by having millions of followers on, 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 on YouTube. And obviously money's not really much of an object for them. So they've been able to pile quite a lot of cash into the conversion of these vans so these vans have proper compost toilets they have showers in them you know they have kit proper kitchens with gas and this that and the other whereas this lady you know she's got a van which is pretty much falling apart you know she hasn't got heating that's why she has to wrap up in a blanket really yeah. tightly at night and you know the the engine effectively conks out on her and she's faced with a bill 
to get it fixed or presumably that her home is just not going to move anymore. And she literally has to beg her family or extended family to lend her the money in order to get this fixed. Now, it was just a, it was just a, a, a quite a sad contrast to me with these YouTubers who are, oh, we're mm. so hard done to, we can't travel all over the world now because of COVID, but we're going to buy a van and drive around. And 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 you think actually that's fine, and I'm not taking that away from them. But this is the reality of of life for some people, and that to me was where the melancholy and the sad aspect of Nomadland came in. And this is you know the, the there's the YouTube glamorous side of traveling around in a van, but here is what will be the reality for quite a lot of people. I think the. The filmmakers, you know, Chloe Zhao, but also the producers, they managed to make it really uh, something that you, you can watch without feeling awkward. There was no voyeurism into it, you know, where you, you kind of, let me show you poor people with some, you know, crappy vans. That wasn't at all the, the intention. It was almost what we call in, in, in French cinema you know, a slice of life. You know, we're going to follow this character, Fern, and with her help, we're going to discover a, um, a community that actually is um, making the very best of it. I think they look at it very positively. All of them are very philosophical as well. You know, mm. there's some amazing uh, exchange and dialogues with uh, real life uh, people. So for me, when you say it was like a documentary, there were moments where literally I've forgotten I was watching a film because they, of course, had invited people who have this real life mm. um, to take part in the film and share some of their wisdom and experiences. Mm. And, and I think you're right. You know, we, we must celebrate both the uh, videography and the music. It's, it's truly uh, engaging and, and beautiful. And I think that's the contrast between somebody who's having a, really a hard life but they also sat outside drinking a cup of coffee and looking at this amazing um, landscape. And I think for me, the message around, you know, fortitude and, mm. and the strength of the human mind, but mm. also this disconnect between, so Fern, the character, like all the others, uh, have, have lost a lot. And they are so misunderstood by others, including their own family, because, of course, they haven't lost anything yet. And I think, for me, it's back to this idea of until such time you have experienced what others are going through, you shouldn't judge or you should seek out more information. Uh, there's some interesting aspects as well in the movie where uh, herself and many others get jobs. Mm. Uh, so we are actually going inside the Amazon distribution center for quite some time. We also go in and around tourist attractions. So I think it's also been an interesting film production-wise to get permission to film to gain the trust of the nomads, if yes. uh, we can call them that. So I just wanted to kind of also celebrate it as in an amazing bit of filmmaking. Mm. No, I mean, some of the scenery is you know, absolutely incredible. I, I love some of the sunset scenes, you know, when she just sits on her deck chair outside the van in, in front of some incredible landscape and an incredible sunset and there was one particular scene where she stood on a cliff top with the waves crashing down below you know incredible incredible absolutely now what the advantage of this movie being so recent is that in terms of the marketing campaign research has been very effective and very successful sometime you and i would review movies from the 80s 90s and 2000s yes. and we're using memory and obviously the wonders of google but the you can only find so much so because there is so much to go through let's begin with a bit of chronology if you don't mind roger in terms of its release so it all began the life after a post-production was completed it all began 
in September 2020, where the movie was presented at the Venice Film Festival and it won its first award, the Golden Lion, paving the way to obviously winning the Oscars down the line. Yeah, and there was uh, featurettes, fly-on-the-wall videos showing the highlights of that uh, of the drive-in screening as well. Yeah, so um, that's interesting. Not only did they, because we are looking for ways, Roger and I, you know, to learn from the marketing of films. So yes, they went ahead with the official festivals, but they had some unofficial screenings yes. using the drive-in, um, which I'm sure you can do in Los Angeles because it doesn't rain as much as uh, Edinburgh <laughs> or Durham. Um, but what they did very cleverly, thank you for reminding me, Roger, they captured a bit of a vlog as you would do yourself. Yeah. Because, and I think, you know, maybe they, we, we perhaps don't do enough of that ourselves with our own content. You know, when we get reactions from the audience or there's a special event, we don't do that. And then soon after, of course, you know, they carried on the festival tour. And this was shown, interestingly, then the first week in December, which was the official release of the film but they then changed their minds because of the covid restrictions so it became a very strange online screening and very limited to only a few channels and just for one week and i think that's when i became aware of nomadland mm. but i then became frustrated because i couldn't watch it yeah and then there was a second featurette and i think you already alluded to this earlier on pascal but that great strap line that these are pioneers who are not homeless; they're just houseless, um, because the houses are their their vehicles. And that was that was called the journey of hope, which again is, is quite a powerful subtext. Which is interesting. So, whilst the, the, I'm sure they were very anxious to get the movie released properly and be seen, but they couldn't. They then made sure that there was no quiet moments. So at least it seems to me every other month or every month there was a featurette, a documentary, mm -hmm. behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. stuff that, that was done. But finally, uh, the movie could be seen at some limited cinemas, IMAX theatres and some limited cinemas in the US, on at the end of January of this year. But we had to wait a bit longer for some of us till mid-February for the movie to be a bit more widely available in other streamings. But that was mainly for memory, US uh, and other, other nations. And then in March, things signed to hot up, obviously. Yeah, with more featurettes. <laughs> and there was a, a half-hour broadcast about seeing you down the road love that strap line it's it's, it's great uh, and of course at the academy awards yeah best picture best director best actress from a total of six nom nominations so it's interesting because i'm sure they were very frustrated by i want to get this movie out you know i've made it i've won the award at the venice film festival but they probably thought, all right, well, let's tell you what, we're only a few months away from the Oscars, so let's go for it. And I think the featurettes had a role to play in that. I mean, I don't know. I never spoken to the director and the, to the producer, so maybe I'm joining dots where they should be joined. <laughs> but it feels plausible that there was a, a campaign to engage the juries and the audience because with the featurettes, they even got other members of the crew to talk about so they spoke to the cinematographer because you and i've been praising now the way the movie looks so of course there's a featurette there's also as you mentioned a featurette as well about the book that was the mm. essentially the uh, origin you know a book written by the make look at my notes uh jessica mm -hmm. bruder uh, mm -hmm. again i wasn't aware of the book but again i think it was mainly for a u.s 
audience. And then from the Oscars, then it's a big explosion of activity. Um, and then we see the release soon after then with regard to Disney Plus, which is where I saw the film myself. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I mean, it's uh, it's been a, a big build-up. And, and I think this is an example of, I think, of a launch which has coped well and fitted into the chaos of covid mm. and i think they've done a good job of it you know we've already we've already had a bit of a laugh about no time to die and i still wonder whether we'll ever see that <laughs> but this this one particularly they seem to have done a good job with what they've been given and at the heart of it you know before we move on to talking about the posters trailers and social media this year's a featurette there's a lot of them and and i know that typically you and i would see featurettes as extras on a blu-ray Mm, uh, edition, mm. sometimes even a director's cut edition, but that would take place six to twelve months after the release of the film. These featurettes were actually published online, and then through social media, and of course through the uh, print and and uh, online media uh, before the movie could be seen by the audience, as it is now since April. Yeah, and in some respects, that's a really good idea because let's face it: if you're going to buy a Blu-ray. You're probably already convinced, aren't you, of the film? You've probably already seen it <laughs> yeah. to a certain extent. You want to watch it. Um, and yes, the the extras are nice to have, but actually to put them out in advance, that's that's a different approach. And, and, and that, to me, will create more buzz and excitement and potentially get more people to watch the original who will then go on to buy the Blu-ray later. So maybe we should see a lot more use of this, putting the extras out there before the film's even launched. And that's why I wanted to kind of pay, uh, point out, you know, this strategy, because again, that could create an idea for people who are in, you know, I would say a business, uh, you know, sectors and business marketing. Could you do behind the scenes stuff before releasing the main feature? I want to talk to you quickly about the posters something mm. interesting about those posters so we when i didn't see it but certainly from what they did um they released a teaser poster which was interesting it was intriguing montage of the number plates of different cars from different states in the, in the u.s mm. all spelling the, the the word nomadland that was august 2020 which was essentially a month before they began to court the different festivals and seeking out to win the awards yeah, I, I love these posters, Pascal. They're really, really interesting. I mean, there was there was an animated version of that one. You said there was a, mm. there was one came out in 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 February 2021, which was talking about the IMAX release, and and, and that has a theme park feel to me. The way that they've put that together. Um, the one that I like the most is the the one where you've got Frances McDormand sat outside her van with her um, underwear drying on a <laughs> clothesline. But I mean, that's just so completely sort of out of the ordinary. And in the background, you've got this vista of this amazing, yeah. amazing landscape with an incredible sunset going on. It's sort of um, amazing and normal altogether at the same time. Because interestingly, the, the one that people would be aware of is the one that was published after the all the awards um, mm. success, which mm. is a beautiful one. It's literally taken, I'm sure, a frame from the film mm. where we have, a, um, I think, a Twilight, really. Yes. And yes. she's walking, we assume, back towards her van holding a, a kind of um, a, a torch or a lamp. Yes. 
But I think the others, you would almost would want to have a copy. You could put this on your wall. I mean, the montage of a number of plates would suit some home environment. The one about promoting the, the IMAX, which is almost like a watercolor, but you're right, almost like a classic theme park feel about it. Mm. My reaction was, oh, that's a bit too busy. You should never do that in marketing. But in fact, if you spend a moment, it's a beautiful, beautiful bit of art that should be almost part of a souvenir of um, making the film because if you look there's so many details and yes. characters and location from the film so it's almost a poster that can be enjoyed even more after the film which is also something that i don't see very often no you could definitely do with getting a mic uh, a magnifying <laughs> glass out and going in quite close to that one it's great uh, and the one you described it reminds me almost it felt like an instagram shot do you mean yes. like, you know, because it had the white borders as well? But yeah, it was like, you know, someone took a shot and put it online and it felt like this and yeah. somehow got lucky with the composition. But you're right, <laughs> you, you can't help but smile when you see the the, the, the clothesline with, with the socks and knickers. And, and I think it sells the tone of the film really well. Absolutely. I mean, it, it sums the whole thing up in one shot. That, to me, is the the standout piece of marketing from that film. Yeah. Uh, so you and I would normally say to people, don't do too many posters. That's bad marketing. But I think on this one, they pulled it off. So they have four different versions, mm. and they each achieve a different job for different, different reasons. Job. Yeah. And, and and I I I almost would say this is one that will essentially break the rules for all the right reasons. Definitely, definitely. So, of course, as part of the media pack, they had trailers. Very interesting. I mean, if you think about the featurettes as well, they've got a lot of video content in addition to the main movie. So, as expected, during, obviously, the um, the festival, the different screenings, September 2020, there was a 60-second teaser trailer that supplemented the animated poster, as you mentioned a moment ago. And this was released on the official YouTube channel for such like pictures. And they began the campaign, hashtag Nomadland, you know, the, the, the name of, of the film. But what was interesting, this hashtag has grown so much that if you use it to search videos on YouTube, you're going to find thousands of videos of people who are either being part of the film, which is kind of interesting, who have witnessed a film being made, and people commenting on the film, so you know the um, the hashtag gives you access to this enormous kind of treasure trove of additional content made by fans of the film, not just the official releases. Yeah, it just makes me wonder actually, because we've already said there wasn't really a story <laughs> line as such; it was just a series of things that happened. I wonder how much material didn't make it into the film wow um, and whether it was a lot longer and, and maybe when the blu-ray comes out we will see whether it's a director's cut or deleted scenes i don't know what but maybe there'll be a lot of stuff that was shot in addition to what made it into the finished product it's very very likely roger you can only yeah. assume most movies have obviously deleted scenes or things that felt well that's just not adding to the plot but to your point because there isn't a plot can we see more of fern and her encounters yeah. in the future so then december because i may remind you of course they were hoping for a release of the film in december 2020 they had released a two-minute trailer which mm. gave more, uh, gave away more of what the story was all about, and so on. There was more voice, and so on. But they had to forego the pleasure of releasing the movie, and they had to wait till this year. And what was interesting, they released a second trailer that was only eighty seconds. So the official trailer released in December was two minutes, 
Mm. Here we are now in February with a much shorter trailer where they, they tend to add, you know, more about the, the characters and the encounters and the key messages. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and and again, I think sometimes you do need to go for brevity. I think you know simplicity works and man, on many levels. And and yeah, a two minute trailer is fine, but sometimes, and we've seen some great examples over the the weeks as we've looked at film marketing that you know some of the most effective trailers are ones that only give you a very quick teaser of some of the action. And you know sometimes shorter is better. So what what is interesting is that the 80-second trailer is not a shorter version of the two minutes. It's a different mm -hmm. structure, so different kind of uh, messages being conveyed. But but to your point, they realize, I think by now people should know what the movie is about or they've seen enough. What can we do to still create enough engagement and intrigue? And let's make it shorter, but also show a different aspect of what the storyline is all about, which yeah. then gives me a lovely link to social media. Now... <laughs> I think our viewers and listeners, regular viewers and listeners, will know that you and I have been pretty harsh and critical of the use of social media to date by film marketers. Either it's kind of afterthought or there's nothing much to say, or frankly, it's lost into the official kind of um, you know social media accounts of the producers and distributors, so there isn't one. Again, because this is a 2020-2021 production, there is more to see by social media, and I think there's a lot more to learn about it. So to begin with, of course, the official account of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were open just at the start of the summer 2020, building up to the festivals. But what they've done with it is really, really interesting. You know, they, they've they kept the, the pace going, the information going. If you go and check it out, Roger, and viewers and listeners, you can do. There's not a week without content being published which is really quite reassuring because you and I have seen many examples where they, they have the account just for the launch or the, the release of the film and then nothing much happens after that. Mm, no, it, they've co constantly been putting stuff out there um, and even if it's just extra portraits and um, photographs and that sort of thing from the film, it, it's constantly being refreshed, which is good. I, how long that will continue will be interesting to see. Maybe, maybe again, uh, at least until the Blu-ray comes out. <laughs> Absolutely. So in addition to what you would expect in terms of sh showcasing the film, they thank the fans for the support. They do some lovely curation of press uh, and, and, and web media. They also do a lot of repurposing of statements from film critics which I think is a lovely, lovely idea as well. So, mm. you know, of course, the movie's been reviewed, and you mentioned a moment ago, uh, Rotten Tomatoes and many other magazines will have said something about the film. And instead of just creating a link to the article or a link to the five-star review, they create sometimes animation with the words spoken or written by the critic in using the style of the movie. Um, which I think is a lovely, again, marketing lesson and suggestion. Um, yeah, you're right. They've been using landscape portrait square. and Now they've really adapted the styles. And they've been doing some very interesting things where they've used clips from the movie, which are captioned because, as you mentioned a moment ago, Roger, it is really helpful. But they've done something beautiful with the calligraphy as well to match how beautiful the visuals are. No, I think they've done a great job with this. And, and you know, we love talking about 40-year-old films, but the problem we're talking about 40-year-old films is there's not a lot of information about the marketing available to us. What's been great about talking about this one is it's so recent, we can see everything, and we can see how it built up, and we can see how successful it's been. 
On that point, I would highly encourage people to go check out those social media accounts. Literally, just go through them and you will get so many ideas for your own campaigns. You can tell, by the way, Roger, that it's a very recent movie because within, obviously, the social media post, there are Zoom calls. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the producers, as well as um, Chloe Zhao and, 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 and others, have been invited to share, obviously, the kind of uh, the lessons and share the stories of making this film by different um, bodies working both in terms of creating the future workforce and talents from the film industry, but also just people who love the film. And they've been really, really gracious and made themselves available. And I think that's also something that you're going to mention often, which is we don't talk about our work sufficiently. Mm. So when we can, we should. Not just about, hey, I've done another video, but this is how I went about making the video and sharing those. I think it's been very, very helpful. And finally, just to kind of close on the social media, everybody needs you know, that moment where something goes viral. Everybody needs something that helps you along to create a bit of luck. And how about Barack Obama <laughs> mentioning your film as part of his top movies of 2020 and putting this on twitter oh well, that was just that was just the icing on the cake wasn't it <laughs> so as you can tell all of you roger and i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this film for me i would say it's a film that could inspire you to create something a bit different when it comes to video marketing or whether you feel about this roger yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, as I say, this is so different to what we normally um, watch. And I wasn't sure whether I was going to enjoy it, I have to say. Uh, same actress that was in the um, Three Billboards yes. film that we reviewed a few mm -hmm. few um, episodes back. Uh, so I wasn't sure. But yeah, absolutely loved, loved the style, loved the composition, and certainly enjoyed the cinematography. So it could be a source of inspiration for something a bit different with regard to your video marketing, where you stand for something, you provide a solution to a problem. How about creating something like an investigation and using the style of Nomadland? But then think about the extensive marketing campaign. Think about what we've described, Roger and I. And can that be, again, the spark for something a bit different to help you do something very different and inspiring for your marketing well thank you very much roger edwards for being a wonderful co-host for <laughs> episode number 43 thank you for your support please leave comments and suggestions in the usual places until the next one go out there and make sure your marketing is done right i was pascal pintoni and he was roger edwards Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.